0: Hello and welcome to week three, our NFL week three preview here on Sportsaholic. I'm Jordan Fauci. That's Nick Steele, our NFL expert as always. Um, Coming off a good week, uh, above 500
1: week. Yeah, decent one. We had one little push in there, but for the most part, three games over 500. We'll take it for week two. Love it. Love it. I did not have a
0: great week. Uh, Coming off 10 and six, I got a bit ahead of myself and uh, seven, eight and one throwing a push in there, which is always enjoyable, but, uh, yeah, it was that saints game. That yeah. push killed me, but bad beat of the week was
1: Niners that Niners Rams game ugh, late. Yeah. For well, that one, that one was interesting too because the Rams actually wound up getting a garbage time field goal. Yeah. It killed me. Helped me, me out because <laughs> I had the Rams covering that eight and they, you know, them going down 10 was scary, but, um, Yeah, that was that was tough, but
0: uh, we'll get right into We'll get right into this week. Really no big things to recap from last week. um, Other than I don't know if you you saw the news about the Bears. A little bit. Yeah, uh, you can give a little brief. Yeah. Um, So the Bears uh, defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, I believe is his name, has uh, resigned due to health reasons. However, that's what he's saying. Um, There's none of this is confirmed. This is. This is all Twitter speak, um, but reportedly um, via NFL rums, which they're verified, but I don't know if that means anything anymore. (laughs) um, Says that Peanut and a couple of news uh, stations have – or not stations, but uh, outlets have ran with this. Um, The speculation is that uh, NFL – former NFL player Charles Peanut Tillman, now an FBI agent, did not know that. Um,
1: I didn't know that. Reportedly –
0: Went to Bears upper brass um, with news that they were going to raid the defensive coordinator's house because of his involvement in a um, in a uh, child. Uh, I don't want to get taken off. Of, bad things with children. Videos of bad things happening to children. Um, he was involved in a ring? Allegedly. It's all alleged. Um, he just so happens this same day to put out a statement that he's or re- resigned due to health reasons. Don't really know what's happening. But also Justin Fields and the uh, coming out and saying that, I don't, that his struggles may have to do with the coaching. Yeah, um, and I know he backtracked
1: that. But just yeah, just on the football point, it just seems like organizationally that last week was the question of whether or not they can sort of get going like they were expected to this year. And that was not answered effectively. And going into this week against the Kansas City Chiefs, it just seems like they're in more disarray. Yeah. yeah. My um, great time to be a Chicago Bears fan.
0: No, prayers up to all. Fields hasn't looked good at all this season. Not- uh, he has excuses with the offensive line, but he holds on to the ball for so long sometimes. It just seems – and he's not running either, which is strange to see.
1: It, it also just seems like there's no strategic – component of when he's going to take off and run versus when he's going to make quick throws or if he's going to take this five to seven step drops it just seems like it's a lot of let's run some simple some complex route concepts and see what he thinks is open and if not let him work with his legs which to his point could be a coaching thing that isn't super efficient um i also think that has to do with his inability to make quick reads and And drive through progression so it's just it's just a mess over there in general um and it's not fun to go up against the kansas city chiefs uh for in week three having all this happen to start the week yeah losing a defensive coordinator the
0: week of the chiefs cannot be good no Um, and the, the line reflects that but we'll get into that we're gonna start off with thursday night um how you feeling about thursday night Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. The line is at -10 right now. Saquon Barkley is out uh, with a ankle sprain. They say, they're saying around 4 weeks. Um I didn't think I don't think that really is going to have an effect on whether or not I'm going to take the Niners cuz I'm taking the Niners -10. Yeah,
1: I've already I think I've learned my lesson about not taking the Niners. I also um, I, it would probably take a bit more of an impressive performance on aggregate from the giants in the last few weeks for me to have much confidence in them. I know Ted is a uh, 10 is a big number, um, but like the giants looked impressive in that second half, but really like, let's be honest. I mean, it was the Arizona Cardinals and it was their first half of football in four halves that looked remotely competent um, and that you can't go into San Francisco and expect um, actually is this game. This game is in San Francisco. It's in San Francisco. Yeah. On a short week going into San Francisco, that's a, that's a tall order. Um, for a team that I mean does have some momentum, but immediately loses a bit of it in losing Saquon Barkley. So yeah, I'm gonna take San Francisco minus 10 here too. I don't I don't think we need to overthink this one.
0: Yeah, not much discussion there. Now moving on, we have uh first of our Sunday games, the Titans at the Browns. Um Cleveland, the, it was just gut-wrenching to see. Uh I feel like everyone's favorite NFL running back at this point, yeah. Nick Chubb. Um his career probably definitely derailed here but that that's the second very traumatic knee injury we've seen out
1: of him in his young career so it's minus three yeah I it's heartbreaking the Nick Chubb situation I think with him in this game you're looking at another tight game but again you're not super impressed with Deshaun Watson either way right now I'm not gonna lie I'll, I'll call this out I think that you're looking at his ability to make some of the throws that we've seen him make early in his career. And they're starting to get there, but not fully there yet. Like the ones down the sideline that are just off or, or they're, they're kind of getting there, but the chemistry isn't totally there with Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore to make them consistent down the sideline. Right. Um, And under pressure is when he struggled the most, I think overall his password rating right now is uh, third worst in the league only to Zach Wilson and Bryce Young. Bryce Young gets a pass because he's played two games. We all know about Zach Wilson's ineptitude. Uh, for Deshaun Watson to be paid $230 million guaranteed and to be only ahead of those two guys in passer rating tells you that any things that he's working on that are showing progress with his his repertoire of Cleveland Brown's receivers is not translating into a consistent approach. Um, so having said that, Tennessee covering three here, I think makes sense. The way their defense showed up against what should be a surgeon chargers offense um, and their home opener and Ryan Tannehill sort of calming down the turnovers, them getting the ball to Derek Henry again, I think, uh, I think is the way they try to control this game. And without Nick Chubb, um, that Browns defense, I think is something to be feared, but uh, just not enough to, to hold off Tennessee. So I'm going to go Tennessee plus three right here. I'm going to take the Browns
0: here in kind of a shock. Um, I don't – losing Nick Chubb is bad for any football team. However, I think this might be good for Deshaun Watson in a way. It, hear me out here. Yeah, yeah. When he was in Houston, I, I saw a stat. It was like 95% of his, uh, his looks weren't under center. He was a shotgun quarterback. He was a mm-hmm. shotgun quarterback at Clemson taking two years off and learning to essentially come from under center in a different scheme. I think now that without Nick Chubb, they just signed Kareem Hunt. If they can get him back to sort of the things that he's good at, things that he showed what he was, what, what a top five to eight quarterback in the league with yeah. Houston. Um, if they can get back to the things that made him the star that they traded the farm for, they can get back to that shotgun kind of spread passing scheme that he thrived in. I could see I could see them coming out on here. Now, I don't know.
1: I have yeah, no idea. I'm taking
0: not, the Browns here. But it's, it's one of those
1: games that I think is actually – it's so tough because I don't think we have a real strong grasp of the current state of either team. right? I don't think anybody considers Tennessee super serious threats in the AFC, although we've seen them in the Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill era – be able to string eight, nine, 10 games together that really work. Um, And the Cleveland Browns, again, like if Deshaun Watson does become the the image of himself that he was as a shotgun passer, then maybe this does help him out. So I think this is, this is a pivotal game for both teams. Um, I think it'll probably be tight, which is part of why I'm taking the cover as well. But yeah, no, I like, I like the thinking there on your part to, to hopefully stretch things out and, and have a good sign for Browns fans. Moving on here, we have the Falcons
0: at the Lions. Falcons coming off of a surprising win against a uh, what I thought was a very good Packers team. Um, still an unserious organization as a whole with Desmond Ritter as a as a quarterback, but they find themselves two and zero on the year.
1: Yeah, I and, think riding high. I think that they're again like yeah they're they're an inflated two zero team but I don't think that they're a bad team. I think that defense is something to be watched out for. Um, however, I think this is just more of a case of two emerging NFC teams where one of them is just a bit farther along and also got a little bit of a shock back to reality last week in Seattle coming into their building and, and winning that game outright in overtime with a lot of, uh, you know, fluctuation and, and and lead changes and excitement that the Lions are used to. But coming after a win in Kansas City and a long break, I think that a lot of people, maybe themselves included, expected to go home and and take care of business, which they did not do. Uh, but like knowing the Dan Campbell culture, I just don't expect them to lose back-to-back home games, especially to, although, you know, a riding high, um, as you mentioned, an immature Atlanta Falcons team. So I'm going to take the points for the Lions here, minus three and a half. I agree with
0: you there as well. I've loved what I've saw from B. Sean Robinson. Um, yeah. There was a – I don't know if you saw the clip circulating around it. There was like an overhead view of him on – it looked like a little off-tackle rush. And he just – he's
1: so shifty. It's just it, – it's amazing to watch. But the ability really to square his shoulders in one direction and stick one foot in the ground and send the best defenders in football onto the floor right after the other is is pretty remarkable so yeah he's a talent to watch out for in this game
0: but it's lions minus three and a half so moving on here (laughs) the new orleans saints at the green bay packers the line is minus two in favor of the pack how you
1: feeling about this i i'm not gonna lie i was a i was almost swung in watching that monday night game because it just showed that new orleans is actually a formidable and well coached team they have some guys who make plays Um, but at the same time, like they were in Carolina and Carolina didn't seem like they could do anything and it wasn't totally an imposition of will on the part of the new Orleans saints that caused that. It was just more immaturity on, on the Panthers. Um, and I just think that what we saw out of green Bay in week one and what we saw out of green Bay for the first three quarters of last week, last week's game is something that'll probably carry over against a Derek Carr led team that really offensively hasn't done much to this point. Um, the the spread is close enough here that I'm comfortable taking Green Bay uh, minus two and a half here at home. I agree with you here. Um, I
0: Jordan Love is he, I predicted at the beginning of the season. I said they're going to start off really strong. He was going to start off really strong, look legit, and maybe as the tape started to catch up to him, the wheels would slow down on him. But it's starting out just how, just how I thought it was going to, and he looks really good. I'm going to take the pack minus two. Broncos at the Dolphins, six and a half points
1: for the Dolphins here. How are you feeling about this? This is this is sort of a desperation pick, but it's also, I mean, if we look at the two games, Denver's lost each of the last two games by a combined three points, right? Um, I I don't think they played particularly well in the second half, but if you look at first half statistics across each of the last two games, Russell Wilson's actually got the second highest quarterback rating, and I think he's got something like a – eight to nothing or whatever he has over the first two games however many touchdowns he has majority of them have come in the first half and no interceptions um so he's they're they're at least able to compete with these teams that again so far we don't know what the raiders are going to be we don't know what washington's going to be but they are competitive um and miami is obviously in a position to just sort of run away with things in the afc east um, so they're they're a team to be feared, and I don't exactly know who's going to stop Tyreek Hill anytime soon. But six and a half, I just feel like is a little bit much for this. I know it's in Miami, but Denver's coming in zero and two. Sean Payton and Russell Wilson are hearing all the headlines as much as they might tell you that they're not, and I'd be shocked if they didn't come out with a little vintage game plan that reminds you of uh, Sean Payton and Russell Wilson of old. That at least keeps this game close against unlike McDaniel team that's explosive but um again we want to see them consistently be able to close thing out things out in crunch time so i'm going to take the points for denver here um cl- covering a touchdown i know it's risky but i'm going to i'm going to hold them i
0: i want to i want to take the Don- or the broncos here yeah but i'm taking the dolphins it's just the dolphins just look too dynamic
1: just, it's,
0: it's so hard i don't understand how anyone can cover Tyreek Hill. Let alone you have Jalen Waddle on the other side of that. Nice. And just it's and Tua's doing Tua things. He looks really good. He Mike that Mike McDaniel was the best thing that could have happened to them. as I agree. a coach. As uh, for Tua for the Dolphins, and I I think they'll cover this, but I think they'll win by exactly a touchdown. All right. Um, so moving on, here we have the Chargers at the Minnesota Vikings. Straight up, pick them. Yeah. Uh, both of these teams coming into it zero two. These honestly, these are the same exact team. These two they teams are.
1: are the exact same team. They are, but I'll, I'll tell you the difference. Honestly, the the one the, so that there's two differences, and one of them, unfortunately, in my opinion, weighs out the other. Uh, one coach is probably. I mean, both these teams are a little bit in desperation mode. Both coming in zero two. Both got to have it. One coach is probably on the hot seat and especially on the hot seat if they lose this game. The other I don't think is. The other came off a pretty exceptional year, still is coaching well, I would say, has a good rapport with with his quarterback. Um, And the other difference that we could probably note is just you have an electric quarterback in Justin Herbert versus sort of a little bit more of a game manager plus in Kirk Cousins, right? But they just haven't been able to get the consistency in the offense that you want them to to see. But you know that they can explode. And there are questions on this Charger defense, especially in the passing game. We saw what Miami was able to do to them uh, in week one. So I'm taking Minnesota here because I know those things sort of balance out in a weird way where I think that. Kevin McDonald is the, or yeah, McConnell is the better coach. And I think there's a little bit less pressure on him. And I'm a little nervous about the Chargers ability to contain that Minnesota offense. If things start to get clicking, I mean, they did just bring in Cam Akers today. I'm sure you'll see him get some touches around the red zone uh, versus the ability for Kellen Moore and that, that Chargers offense to really get clicking in a way that matches the, the inabilities of their defense, which again fall on the shoulders of their thus far insufficient head coach and Brandon Staley. So I'm going to take the Vikings and pick them here.
0: I, uh, this, I was, re- I honestly, I did flip a coin for this game and <laughs> it came up Vikings. However, I looked at my fantasy app and saw that um, Der- or not Derek Henry, Austin Eckler is most likely going to play. Okay, and he is phenomenal. I th- I think if he plays, they beat the Texans last week, and they cover. He does not. They're just kind of uh, it. You can't replace that on offense, especially for the Chargers. He's right. that. He's kind of the the wheels that keep that because they want to pass the ball. They want to get Justin Herbert back there, but to move the sticks, they need. Austin Eckler. And I think that that's going to just be too much. And I think the the pressure is going to get to Brandon Staley in a good way here. I don't think he's a good coach at all, but I think he's coaching for his job here. Yep. This job security in Minnesota, they can, he, the uh, McConnell can afford to go 0-3. Brandon Staley cannot. He will get fired if they lose this game. Yep. Um, so I think that motivation, that extra motivation on there, they will win this game. However, I think both of these teams should just play three a best of three series, and whichever team loses the series just stops for the rest of the season. Because they're the I, exact same team.
1: <laughs> they, are, they are very similar comparables. I, I honestly, I think, I would say of all of the early window games, um, people should tune into this one. I think this is one where you start to see some fourth quarter desperation mode that not a ton of teams get into until November December but this is a this is a September treat where you have two high-powered offenses uh, trying to fight for their lives a little bit because the the playoff differential but I know the conferences are different but between 0 and two and 0 and three is is pretty significant yeah your chances go down so this will be an interesting one also
0: both of these teams seem to lose games in very funny ways <laughs> um, I imagine it's just, I, it it's either it's going to be very good football, but also very funny football. So, this is yeah. definitely the game to watch in that one o'clock window. Right. Moving on to a game that really no one should in their right mind watch uh, the New England Patriots minus two and a half at the New York Jets. P.U.
1: I mean, it's it's tough because Bill Belichick has just made a joke out of Zach Wilson in the past. Um, however, the Jets defense can probably make a joke out of this Patriots offense if the Patriots offense decides to have flimsy first quarter woes that they've had in each of the first two weeks. Um, and I think that in New York, you risk, if, if New England has these you know unforced errors early on, you risk the Jets being able to sort of rally around Zach Wilson and, and actually coming through to winning this game. And if people recall, they were on a little bit of a tear last year in this September, October timeframe, when Zach Wilson started to get some some feeling underneath them and they could run the ball well. Um, and I think that over time they probably will. I know they'll probably get a, a veteran quarterback in there too. But with their ability to actually stick to the run game, which, again, I, I, I said this going into last week, people should not use last week's game as a representative example of what they should expect out of the Jets, especially of Zach Wilson uh, going forward because the Cowboys defense is vaunted right now. Yeah. However, with all that being said, I just like what I've seen out of Mac Jones lately. I think giving him an offensive coordinator was an absolute blessing. I know they're 0-2, but I think that's part of the fire as well. I think them being 0-2 sort of will get Bill into making sure that he calls the best game he can call against a great defense and knowing that he can bully a a young, inexperienced quarterback. So despite – what I think could ultimately be decent trends for both teams going forward. And people on the jets train can hopefully relax over the next few weeks. I don't think it happens this week. I actually think New England goes in there and covers two and a half.
0: I have some stats for you.
1: Yeah. Mac Jones
0: is Owen 13 in games where his opponents score over 24 points. He is 0 12 in games down by one score or less at the start of the fourth quarter, and he is 3 and 12 against playoff teams in his career. That being said, <laughs> the Jets are none of those. I think yeah. they will win this game. Yeah.
1: Jets, However,
0: I don't think the Jets qualify. They do not qualify for a single one of those. They will not qualify for a single one of those. I don't think Mac Jones is good. I think he will be a little bit better. Um, with an actual offensive coordinator, Bill O'Brien, I don't think he's the answer in New England. That being said, that Jets defense is very good. That Patriots defense is nothing to joke about on the other side. And Zach Wilson, yeah, it, I feel, I honestly, I feel bad for him because he has gotten his two first two like real start. Well, I guess you could call that Bills game a start for him, considering he came oh, in man. after he four. Played or five snaps
1: 90 something percent of the game yeah
0: but his preparation as a starter has gone in he's gone into dallas and played against the what is most likely the best defense in football and then he's going to get another top five-ish unit in the new england patriots and arguably arguably the best defensive actually the best defensive coach of all time in bill belichick yeah um yeah this isn't this is pat's minus two and a half all day Moving on here, uh, minus six and a half for the Buffalo Bills. They are at the Washington
1: Commanders. How are you feeling about this? This was a tough one to pick. I did think this was a tough one to pick. However, I actually think that uh, I was a little bit, while impressed with what Washington was able to do against Denver, uh i'm a little bit more impressed with the way the bills were able to bounce back against vegas i know they're at home and i actually i don't imagine that it's going to be like a crazy blowout going into washington but i think this is more about the maturity of each of these teams um so i'm going to take the bills to cover seven here um i think i had it six and a half but either way yeah yeah uh but like I, Again, I Washington is just so hard to read because I can't tell if their win last week was a product of them being resilient and rallying around a young quarterback and, and having a resilient defense or if it's because Denver's a bit of a mess in the second half, right? Um, same, same way the week before, how they had a disastrous first half against Arizona, although that seems to be a common theme for teams that play Arizona. And then they had a pretty solid second half to just take care of business. So, um, yeah, I think that, again, Washington, sort of a surprise team. I did, did think they'd be competitive. I just think they're just different classes of teams right now. And if Josh Allen can maintain this, this wave of what he was able to, really the show he was able to put on last week, I think that seven is, is enough points for them to cover.
0: I agree with you here. Uh, the Bills looked dominant. Um, the game script went exactly the way that they needed to, to do what they did to the Vegas Raiders. Um, However, I do like what I saw out of Sam Hollow as a quarterback for the commanders. Um, He, he still has the same issues that you saw, that you saw like sometimes he looks like an awful quarterback and you don't know why he's in the league. And then he throws one of the nicest balls you've ever seen (laughs) on like a deep out or like a deep, uh, deep post. Like it's just, he, he throws a real, he's just inconsistent. He's young and Brian Robinson looked like a monster Yep. Against a very good Denver defense. Um, all that being said, it's the Buffalo Bills minus six and a half. There's really nothing to. Uh, I'm surprised with the line, though. I am surprised with the
1: line. I was too. I think it's just because this game's uh, in Washington. Yeah. They probably want to see people maybe swing the line in the other direction. Even if it was in Buffalo, I think it wouldn't be too much farther off of this. They would just think that it was a little bit easier to see people ride Buffalo. But, uh, yeah, this this is a little bit of a surprising line, too. It's just an unexpected 2 and O team in Washington, right? Yep.
0: Moving on here, we have the Texans at the Jags, the Jags minus 10. I'm taking the Texans here. Are I'm you? I'm taking What's, the Texans What do you got? I have really no good explanation other than the public is so heavy on the Jags. Yeah, ah, uh, minus I'm ten.
1: That's me. I'm the public.
0: <laughs> I just i i'm i'm gonna have to take the other side of this one, just as just as off of pure principle. I don't think the powers that be will allow this to be a uh, minus ten
1: cover for the Jags. It's it's interesting because like it is a divisional game, and I think we both agreed uh jacksonville has not looked impressive even in their week one win against andy Um, however it feels like more than a trap game to me this feels like one of those in the schedule bounce back games right this is this is your get right week for for trevor lawrence and uh calvin ridley hopefully being able to stay healthy travis Etienne really getting the wheels underneath them so i'm going to take jacksonville to cover um i think houston i think cj stroud and houston have Good places to go. And I think that defense is is playing fast and, and fiery early on in this in the season. I just don't think they're at the maturity level yet that Jacksonville is. So this might feel like a close game that winds up a 10-11 point win for, for Jacksonville is the way I see it. Okay. Moving on here, we have the Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore
0: Ravens, the f- matchup of the former Baltimore teams. Mm. Ravens favored minus eight. Um, it is no Anthony Richardson. He is out. It will be the Gardner Minshew show, which really got me got me really close to picking the Colts here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I'm on the same line of thinking where because Minshew's in this game, I think that it is a, an eight-point cover for Indianapolis. I think that uh, his ability to just keep things close is what he does. I think that's always what he's done. I think that even with some tape on him, it's not like the Ravens are going to show any – consistent tape on Gardner Minshew. It's, it's sporadic. It's over the course of several years with several different teams in several different offenses. And if they look at last week's tape, he was pretty good. I mean, he was, I know they were playing Houston. He came in with a lead, but if you ask him to manage the game, and again, they don't really have a full you know, slate of, of weapons for, for him to utilize, he was all right. And I think that against the current state of this Baltimore Ravens team that we expect to, to contend down the line. I just don't think teams have to do too much outside of their arsenal to just keep it close with them. I mean, for the most part in week 1, we saw Houston kind of keep it close. That game wound up 25 to 9 just cuz the Texans offense couldn't get things going, but that was much closer than a 16-point game, right? Um and, you know, Baltimore was really barely able to squeeze one out against Cincinnati, which, you know, I think it was both teams had some uncertainties, but definitely the Bengals had uncertainties going into that game. And it was a, it was a very tight contest. So I'm just going to say the tight contests keep rolling for both of these teams and uh, Indianapolis plus eight.
0: I want to, but I'm not picking against the Ravens here. Yeah, Um, Lamar Jackson. And honestly, it's, it's something he's had his entire career. I've never really understood where people have gotten off on him, not being a good passer. Uh, I can understand his inaccuracies throwing the ball short, but that guy, if it's 10 yards or over and he can really just throw the ball, just yeah. can fit it in these smallest windows. It is is—it is he's beautiful got, to watch.
1: He's, he's, he's improved the touchdown field, and he's also got a laser when he wants to. It's just sometimes when his lasers, especially in bad weather or when it gets cold, when his lasers float nine yards over the head of Mark Andrews, you're like, what's happening here?
0: I I hear hear you, Paul. I'm going to just take the Ravens minus eight here. Um, I think they just continue to roll. And I want Gardner. I I am a big Gardner Minshew guy. I love Gardner Minshew. I had drinks with him in Jacksonville. Um, Just He is exactly how you'd think he would be as a person. He is just... He the rules. best, he rules, and I want a team to give him a shot. However, right here, right now, I think this is going to be a shootout. To be completely honest, but I don't think anyone can keep up with the Ravens.
1: Hey, well, I, I know it's different teams and different setups for him, but remember last year Christmas Eve, he was part of that Cowboys Eagles shootout. I think they ended forty to thirty four. I mean, outside of a few late turnovers and and missed handoffs and, and things like that, he was pretty efficient. I think he had three touchdowns, about two hundred fifty. Oh, yeah. Yards. He was he was something to look at. He's
0: always been said. He had I I remember when Minshew Magic first started with the Uh, Jags, Jags. he was rolling. He was the Jags, and then he had a game against the Texans where he threw three interceptions, and I they kind of just took the wheels out from under him. After that, I understand you get Trevor Lawrence that does it, but. I've always just wanted to see a team give him a shot. But that being said, I'm taking the Ravens minus eight. Moving on here, we have the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks minus six, bounce back week for the Seahawks. Uh, Panthers coming in on a bit of a shorter week. They played on Monday night. Opened at minus four. What are you thinking here, Nick?
1: I'm following the money. I think that there's a reason why Seattle is favored by – you have it at five and a half now as well? I have it at six. Minus six. I'll change it. I'll take it at six. I think you're good there, too. I think Carolina is inept right now, and it's not necessarily something that should concern Panthers fans. I think it's just the state of what happens uh, early on in, in the young quarterback's career getting thrown into was really an uh, inexperienced team. I know he's got Adam Thielen that they seem to be developing a a relationship with. Um, so maybe the offense will improve. I just don't think that after Seattle was able to go into Detroit and really get the wheels turning again, that we should expect that to stop at home against a very inexperienced Carolina team. So, um, keep an eye out for Brian Burns. He seems like he's playing well. He's rocking number zero right now, just just running around like he normally does. But I don't think that gets in the way of Seattle uh, covering six here.
0: I think it's Seattle minus six all day. I'm looking for a big game from uh, Swole Bones, DJ, or D.K. Metcalf. Yep. Um, Gino is back um, after – A lackluster week one, he looked like the Geno Smith we saw last year. And that honor that makes me really happy. Yeah, um, to see. It's a great story for the NFL. And I don't think there's really much to talk about in this game. The Panthers are the Panthers. They're they're a young team. They're growing. They're gonna go through it's gonna be a rough season for them. But I think Panthers fans know that. The Seahawks looking to grab a wild card spot this year. I don't think that they're they came into the year looking like they are going to win the division or thinking they were going to win the division. But I think they could certainly take that wild card spot if they continue playing like they did last week. So we're going to take Seattle minus six, both you and I. So moving on here, we talked about it at the start of the show. The Chicago Bears are headed to Arrowhead. Minus 12 and a half. It's the biggest line we've seen so far this year. How are you feeling about it?
1: When I woke up this morning, my thought was let's let Chicago cover because there's just too much online for everybody in Chicago right now. I think they're playing backs against the wall. And then the rest of the day happened and Justin Fields had to call out or felt the need to call out and then backtrack his comments around why uh On top of that, you have this whole issue with the defensive coordinator resigning. It's just not a good recipe when you're going into Arrowhead, especially two weeks removed from a prime time game in Arrowhead that the Chiefs lost. So this will be the first home game with Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. This just feels like a nightmare situation for Justin Fields. Um, So I'm gonna actually say that Kansas City does cover that, that pretty far ranging spread.
0: If I agree with you here, This is this already would have been a very daunting task for a team that doesn't throw the ball well. Um, the Chicago Bears, their best weapon, at least last year when Fields was really cooking, they were running the ball. They it seems like they were having two 100 yard rushers a game. Uh, when they were at like playing Bears football, you can't do that against the Kansas City Chiefs. You cannot do that. Um, you have especially with the weaknesses that you've seen in that Bears defense so far this year. And now added on to that, they lost their defensive coordinator. Um, this is a big week for the Bears, for all the Bears brass, for players, for coaches. However, this is the worst possible time to be going in to the Kansas State, into Arrowhead. Yep. The Chiefs are back and healthy. Someone had the bright idea on the Jags to start talking shit about Travis Kelsey. Um, that's yep. not a good idea and I think that he is going to put up some serious numbers. Him and Patrick Mahomes are going to stomp out the Bears. It's open season in Kansas City. It's Bear season, and it's going to be all Chiefs all day. Yeah. Um, moving on here, we have your Cowboys minus 12 going into Arizona. Arizona um, looking good for what we thought going yeah. into the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been a surprise. Like The expectations, the bar was on the floor for them, but Joshua Dobbs looks like – good he's he's trucking uh safeties in the open field he he's making plays um i don't think that's gonna help at all because i have cowboys covering i think you do too
1: i do yeah
0: but um a little side note there just the cardinals have looked good and there's maybe a bit of optimism they could have three quarter three good quarterbacks by the end of the year if they draft Caleb williams
1: yeah i mean yeah I, as far as the Cardinals are concerned, I, I know they're 0-2. I think they can be pretty happy that they've looked more adept than some other teams like I, I don't know I didn't check out the power rankings this week but I don't know if we can really call them the dead last team that a lot of people thought they were gonna be. Um, obviously they didn't they weren't able to hold the fort down against the Giants last week but I mean anytime you're able to go up 20 to nothing with a guy you signed three weeks ago to be your quarterback against another other team that, you know, had something to prove. I know they were able to ultimately wheel it around, but still the, that showed that the Cardinals are, are at least showing life, which is I think what, what people wanted to see. Um, however, the, the Cowboys have a 60-point point differential in two weeks, and I would say that yeah. they did so. I know that the two teams they played also have their issues, um, but I would argue that the Jets and the Giants are both just better positioned teams overall than the arizona cardinals although you might argue that jets fans would take josh Dobbs right about now yeah (laughs) especially
0: the way he's looked but i I don't think joshua dobbs you could you get any of any quarterback that is actually like probably i don't think i'm only confident about 15 to maybe 20 quarterbacks in the league going and playing against the cowboys defense right now and i'm not very confident in
1: that and i am by confident i think we're meaning like can you know stay in the game them. and move the ball I mean, a little bit <laughs> i mean have maybe a touchdown and avoid some turnovers right yeah I think that the cowboys defense is is a, a happy place for the good quarterbacks in this league let alone josh Dobbs. um so i i'm gonna take the cowboys points here too and it's no shade to arizona um you know i think they'll be owned three but like for sure, the best 0 and three or one and two team that we'll probably be looking at coming coming out of this week uh, as far as aggregate performances are concerned. Okay, moving on here.
0: Steelers at the Raiders, Raiders got the doors blown off of them by the Buffalo Bills last week. They get my, uh, it's minus two and a half in their favor here. Um, the Steelers haven't looked good. Their offenses looked terrible. Their defenses looked. It got back on track last week. Um, yeah.
1: How you feeling about this? I know you're going to pick the other way, but this, this strategy took me far last week, and it took me far because of the defense, and it was the Steelers covering a subfield goal underdog spread, and that's exactly what I'm going to pick them to do this week. And it's because I think they're going against a team that, I mean, I, honestly, a little bit of a different comparable where I, I expect the Raiders' offense to be a little bit more competent than the Browns' offense, but I don't really fear the Raiders' defense that much, which tells me that if the Steelers' defense can key in on this Raiders' offense the way that the Bills' defense was able to, and Kenny Pickett has a little bit more wiggle room to just get some rhythm going that Pittsburgh covers in this game. Um, so I, I this could be one of those situations where – Jimmy G at home decides to play well and, and do all those nice things. Um, also, we may need a status update on Devontae Adams. I'm not sure we have that yet. I think he's going to play. But yeah, I,
0: it's I looking he's- like he's going to play. Yeah, It's looking like he's going to play. The Raiders will be without Chandler Jones for the next four weeks due to personal issues. I don't think I'm going to see him suit up in a Raiders uniform for the rest of the year, which I just continue. The Raiders continue to Raider on me. Like every single year, it just seems like the Raiders continue to Raider on me. However, I'm taking the Raiders minus two and a half for one reason and one reason only. It's my birthday on Sunday, and Jimmy G will not disappoint Uh, me.
1: Happy birthday. (laughs) It will will
0: not disappoint me.
1: (laughs) I would flip the pick if I had the guts, but I feel like it's my duty to be honest with you on your birthday more than it is to make false promises to you.
0: Also, Jimmy G, those two interceptions last week were not on him. Uh, The first one just slips through the hands. The second one, Josh Jacobs gets mossed by a a defensive (laughs) lineman. Or No, linebacker, my mistake, a linebacker. You, you you can't get mossed by a linebacker as an NFL a receiver, uh, running back. I don't care what you are. You cannot get mossed
1: like that. Okay. I, I'm not, and I will say, too, I don't expect if the Raiders struggle offensively that it's necessarily on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that they're going against – it'll be back-to-back weeks against pretty scary defenses. So yeah. We'll see.
0: We'll see. Um, Eagles minus five at the uh, – one of the most surprising teams that we've seen this season in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. How are you feeling about this?
1: I got Tampa Bay plus five. So I do I. That at, at home, I think that with, with the defending conference champs coming in, they're riding hot. Mike Evans is balling right now. I'm like, we talked about this earlier in the season too, or I should say like going into week one, I think it was Philadelphia, and, and they did show some vulnerability to this rather than being able to close out that game against Minnesota. They had, they sort of let them creep back in Philadelphia's number one weakness. They have to contend with right now is losing pieces of their secondary and having to go against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin that are making plays, making Baker Mayfield look like he's back in Oklahoma for a few weeks. I'm not certain that's going to last forever, but I think that they at least can cover five at home on Monday night against the defending conference champs and I think that Philly could again win this game and, and like scrub out a 3 and start but there's there's a pretty common consensus even if you look at power rankings that you know Philly's not necessarily being mentioned about like the t- as the top team in the league like they were by this point last year just dominating people. I think I think teams are noticing their holes and using tape to stay in games. So I'm going to say that the the streak keeps riding for Baker and the Bucks and their ability to just keep things tight. So Tampa Bay plus 5. I got
0: Tampa Bay plus five as well. I think if Baker Mayfield just continues to – he's living his perfect life right now as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. He's been There's really no expectations on him. Everyone's counting him out, which he loves. And he has legitimate weapons to throw to on the outside. He has Mike Evans, who has made every quarterback that he's ever played with look good. Yep, at least a good enough to get him a thousand yards. He is a monster. Yep, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin is very is a very good NFL wide receiver. Rashad White last uh, last week had a good game.
1: Yes, um, that's a good point. Seeing Rashad White get involved in this offense is going to be huge to see whether or not, or uh, to influence whether or not Baker Mayfield can actually keep up his success.
0: Now, I don't think it's going to happen this week. I don't expect him to have a good. Uh week running the ball. I don't think anyone can really have a good week running the ball against that just terrifying Philadelphia Eagles defensive line, especially up the middle. Yeah. Um. But I think well, I'm going to keep riding with them. I think the Baker, the Baker train continues to roll for the Buccaneers and they'll cover plus five here. Uh, that's the Monday night game. So the second Monday night game, that's the early Monday night game. Uh, the late Monday night game is the Rams at the Bengals. The Bengals have, they're doing the Bengals thing. They, The Bengals just seem in this Joe Burrow era to not be able to start off well. Uh, They are favored minus two here. How are you feeling about
1: that? See, gut would tell me, like, yeah, you go with Cincinnati, but I don't like the way that that game ended uh, last week where Joe Burrow's calf injury seemed to hurt him a little bit again, or at least linger. Um, And if you're not able to be super mobile or effective, in the pocket with Aaron Donald coming at your face. I mean, he knows all too well exactly what that leads to, and it's called a championship for the other team, right? Um, I still think this will be a pretty good matchup. I think it's it's a fun Monday night game. But let's not forget how the Rams have been able to adjust on the fly without Cooper Cup, and they put up a pretty good performance last week against the San Francisco team mm-hmm. that a lot of people would say is the number one or number two overall team in this league, and the Rams had virtually no expectations coming in um so I, I think that the rams actually do cover here too i don't know i mean this could be one of those things that ends on an evan mcpherson boot and you have a one point finish where cincinnati's able to crawl out and avoid the O and three start uh but and there's that desperation factor in there too where you expect joe burrow to just play up a level i i'd say with that calf bothering him with aaron donald coming after him and the way the rams have played in the first two weeks i, I i'm going to take the rams and the points here
0: I'm taking the Bengals here, but I have to kind of poo poo on that pick a little bit here. The um, Bengals, their other teams aren't, they don't look like they're scared of Joe Burrow in the same way. Teams were not blitzing Joe Burrow last year. Right. Um, and the year before that, they weren't blitzing Joe Burrow because he was burning them with T. Higgins, uh, Jamar Chase, and oh, who's the other, who's the, the wide receiver three? Cannot remember his name off the top of my head right now. Um, uh had Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd, um, just burning teams the last two seasons. This season, however, teams are going after Joe Burrow, and with that calf injury now spiking up again, his mobility's down. He's not able to move quite as – he was never really the most nimble of quarterbacks, but he was able to move around that pocket. Uh, you have pressure up the middle here with Aaron Donald, who is – He's Aaron Donald. Mm -hmm. Um, I wish I had the soundboard so I could play that Geno Smith. Oh my God. (laughs) sound Whenever we talk about it. But that being said, I cannot see the Cincinnati Bengals starting 0-3 as much as I think the Rams are honestly a good football team right now. Um, I just cannot see the Bengals starting 0-3. And I think it does end on an Evan McPherson boot. And I think that that gets them to cover minus two. So I'm going to take the Bengals minus two here. I'm not the most confident person in the world about it, but just yeah. off of Pierre, I cannot see the Bengals starting 0-3. Yeah, that
1: no, makes sense.
0: Um, so that's all we got for uh, picks this week. Um Nick, it was always phenomenal. Um, looking to get back on track. Uh looking
1: forward to your birthday.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Tall ship on Saturday, baby. Oh no.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. In scenic East Boston.
0: In Scenic East Boston. Um I so I will see you then. Um and good night, everybody. Peace out, y'all.